Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talk Architecture Podcast. And I have something special for you today. Um, a guest of honor. <laughs> so I'm honored to have, have you here today, um, architect Lillian Tay of Veritas Architect. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Thank you, Nishati. Yes, um, Architect Lillian is a director of Veritas Architect. And if you were to click on the website, I saw lots of projects there and congratulate um, for, you know, for for being a, one of the big companies for taking care and being the director of a big companies in Malaysian architecture. And you were also the PAM president in 20. 19, as we know it, uh, PAN is the Malaysian Architecture Association, um, and it's the Malay Malaysian acronym is Petubahan Architect Malaysia. And uh, of course, I know you, since those days in the 90s, late 90s, when University Malaya School of Architecture started out, and, and you came to many of our crits since um, then, and recently and well it's good to 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 talk to you again i mean i'm excited to to have this session with you the first session on architecture education shall we start <laughs> okay um this is what i like you know when we talk about architecture education to someone who who's uh, really um could give a more uh, a very strong view of how it should be done or i mean what's the situation with architecture education in malaysia i'm going to propose propose this uh, scenario and i hope that you can com comment on this uh, schools of architecture in malaysia need to be focused on the education of the architect as a whole human being rather than just catering to the expectations of the industry in general, which is developer-driven. The fifth-year design thesis, for example, needs to be a start of a lifelong learning journey to discover where the best methodology is to engage with a design professional. You know, during this design thesis, you should have a design professional rather than a full-time academic as a collaborator because you're going to go into the industry after graduation the next year. The full-time academic can assist with the expectations of doing architecture uh, in the school. And, um, and the design thesis doesn't have to be so building, building focused, but could be urban design or master planning. So the process could be more rigorous. You know, you really look at uh, you're asking big questions and dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge and learning and not regurgitating the same thing. So, Lillian, please comment on how you would see the best approach to the design thesis and how architecture education needs to be in a Malaysian school. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Naziati. This is a topic close to my heart indeed. Uh, you know, I, I first know uh, Naziati, I guess, some 20 years ago when I first started um, um, participating in CRITS uh, at the University of Malaya, 
way, way back 20 years ago. Uh, and I still do till today, I'm proud to say. And I, I, I actually look forward to it a lot. So I, I'm quite familiar with the, um, the students, for instance, in the thesis year, which is the one I do most. And um, well, but first, of course, uh, I would say that uh, architecture by its nature encompasses many fields. So correctly, as you said, architecture is not just, uh, architecture education shouldn't just be about imparting all the technical know-how that you'll need when you're practicing, but it is a, um, a wide, broad-based education, um, mostly for all, mostly programs are quite broad-based. You have uh, the technical fields, like, you know, a bit of structures and, um, and and you also have history to learn about the culture of the you know the society the community that uh, one would be working with or or um, and 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 with it as well all its uh, cultural legacies um, besides all the technicalities of planning places planning buildings um, you know uh, both uh, what what it needs to do as as space to accommodate people uh, as well as the tech, the technicalities like the safety regulations that need to be complied, uh, fire safety and things like that. So it is very wide. In fact, I, I think um, probably comparable to medicine in terms of its uh, length of course and the um, the intensity and breadth of of the topics covered. And that itself, I think, it's a good education for anyone. In fact, I often tell young people who, who, whose parents come up to me and say, oh, please tell them, you know, advise them what they should do. And I said, if you're not really sure, you go and study architecture. It's, it doesn't just prepare you for architecture. If you, if you, come, if you go to school um, and go to an architecture program, you come of it and you are probably able to handle a lot of different types of jobs, you know, could be in communication, uh, could be, you know, not just in architecture, but perhaps in development, um, could be, um, you, you could go into writing, go into teaching. Um, it's, it's uh, because it's so diverse, it also prepares you for uh, to doing a lot of things uh, in, in life. I know architects who have given up architecture and they, you know, they design books, you know, and, and uh, there are many architects who have become chefs, you know, and open up restaurants. Uh, it, it just, uh, I think it's a training in the creative process. Um, you know, if I had to just um, simplify it. So whether you finally use that creative training uh, to build buildings or uh, to be a, a social critic or to be a journalist or a chef or a bookmaker, um, it equips you pretty well, um, that I would say. And I myself was fortunate to have gone to a university, um, not not in Malaysia, um, because at that time when uh, when I was uh, at that age, there weren't actually that many schools of architecture in Malaysia. You know, being very science driven and technology driven at that time, um, lots of opportunities to do engineering, for instance. But there was only one architecture school then. Uh, back in back in the uh, late uh, in the early eighties, which was yeah. the uh, University of Technology Malaysia, uh, and even so, you see, it started its its roots were in University of Technology. I was there, you know. I did my diploma at UTM. Yeah, it was the first full fledged uh, architecture and, program. And when I went to the UK, I didn't have any problem with technical issue, a technical understanding. I just wanted to learn theory more than anything else because that was what was lacking in UTM 
uh, or right. medical schools in general, the theoretical yeah. part. Yeah, so, I think because it, it came from a technology base, and then later on, the second school was a University of Science Malaysia. So it also came from uh, building science and surveying. So, um, and, and it was actually, to its credit, University of Malaya, I think, um, when it formed its architecture program a bit later, uh, in the early or mid-90s, uh, that it was able to start, you know, tabula rasa and come up with a program that would um, encompass, you know, that, that's not from a te technical background and that's sought to be wider. And I, I do believe that that is something that sets UM apart, uh, perhaps less so now. I think by now the years, you know, yeah. it's all uh, flattened out a bit, but the, the that was the start. But for me, um, going through a liberal arts education in, in, in the US, um, I was at, at Princeton for six, seven years, um, doing both my bachelor's and, and master's. Um, but having said that, I also started my, my undergraduate degree uh, in the joint architecture and engineering program. You know, coming from the developing world, um, you, you, it, it, there was always a big emphasis on technology and, and sciences and engineering in Malaysia. So I also had that bit of mindset, but it didn't do me too much harm. I think it's always good grounding to, to understand a bit more about structure, but liberal being arts. in that school environment. Uh, what about liberal arts? What, what is it? What in Malaysian architecture school, they are not based on liberal arts. So yeah, no, it's very structured because we, we have uh, inherited the sort of British professional curriculum where there is, you know, uh, there is the the usual required uh, components of a bit of structures and uh, mechanics, you know, and building systems, uh, and then the rest, uh, a lot of it is on practice, preparing people for practice. Um, it's very practice oriented. I I believe the programs in Malaysia are still uh, taking its roots from um, the first programs uh, in. Yeah. And taking its example from more vocational the, training, sort of a British approach of architecture education, yeah, less yeah, liberal yeah. arts. Do you think that there should be a liberal arts based architecture school in Malaysia? Well, um, it doesn't need to be such, but uh, a bit. I think students, architecture students, should be given the opportunity to have a wider selection of electives. So that they could, you know, do study things which are not directly related to architecture. For instance, I, I had a chance to study like music and languages and literature, things like that, that a, a hardcore architecture program in Malaysia wouldn't really put any emphasis on. And and it and I think the importance of all these other um, creative disciplines uh, is that it, it helps you to understand the creative process helps you to understand, you know, life and what people love about life. And in the end, architecture is about making spaces for people to enjoy their lives, right? And and uh, to enable the communities to, to thrive. Do so, you think, uh, Lillian, that liberal arts education, when you're given more electives and you're given much more freedom to choose uh, how to shape our education ourselves um, and, you know, to explore these different things, we're able to be um, more critical about, you know, if we we able to be more because our mind is open because we've been reading a lot of other people other people's minds through reading different things and exploring different um, disciplines. That will be 
you know, being open-minded uh, or, or listening to other views make us much more critical. To me, that's the, the do you agree with that? Uh, that that's what's lacking in our schools of architecture. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it sharpens, you know, that your sort of spirit of inquiry, basically, you know, uh, which is what the thesis do. I think you wanted to mm, talk going back to the thesis. Yeah, it's about how you, you know, um, how how you understand things and how you expand on um, whatever concept that you're working on into application. There's a whole because usually education tends to be either application oriented or it's too academic. I think one of the things about architecture is that you you could it could benefit from both. You know, to to have that type of uh, research and inquiry. Uh, you know, this this spirit of inquiry that. Uh, that that you okay. you really go into into a topic and understand what is the fundamentals of of whichever discipline or topic that you're doing, and then after that to distill from it uh, the essential learning or essential um, principles and philosophy, and and see how you want to then give physical expression to it, you know, um, which may be relevant to a particular building or the people for whom you are doing the building for. So I think that, I think having this wider knowledge of how other fields operate uh, helps to, to, to enrich the, the, the whole creative process um, in which you make buildings. Okay. It's not been... just you know, the roof and the wall and you know, windows. But um, okay. Does it happen in any students' work that you have met or any students of, uh, from University of Malaya, for example, that you've come to, any projects that sort of made you think, uh, because you come, you know, maybe you don't expect much from the students or you expect certain things to happen to be discussed or were there examples that were that was um, surprise you in a good way in schools of architecture in Malaysia? Were there any students' work that you remember or the way they are in terms of their critical thinking? Or um, Yeah, I think the first few years, probably they have more classroom learning. And that, that fifth year thesis uh, is good because they suddenly have to create their own program and create their own, you know, put up their own postulation on, on what they want to examine, what they want to, um, you know, critique or what they want to do that is innovative. So that that is a good beginning. Um, they want to do something different. And what I noticed too about many of the programs, they do immediately engage a, a larger social or community uh, agenda. Which is good. It's not. Uh, it's not. I mean, I think that's a good ethic. Perhaps I've never really even thought about it, but now that you ask, I, I think most of them come up with a topic that has some sort of a social uh, agenda or aspiration, and that's very good. Actually, it's not just nobody is allowed to just build a house, you know, for the thesis. They they create either a new typology or envision uh, a new uh, a transformation of an existing typology of, you know, whether it's a, a library or a church or, um, you know, a, a, a stadium, a hotel, whatever that they have taken upon. Um, they, they also look at, they also 
I've seen many of the thesis students also want to um, change the the standard, you know, um, the standard typology that they want to do a new building that they feel um, uh, is needed for evolving trends and how people live uh, in 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 of course in the Malaysian community. Mostly, most of the projects tend to be locally um, cited. Mm -hmm. So. So I, I think it's a good exploration. And and I think it's also good to, it's not just the student learning from their own thesis, but they also learn from all their colleagues, different explorations, um, whether, you know, because uh, uh, each of their 20, usually a class is around 20 plus, and they will learn about every of their colleagues' own um, process. And so I think that's, I, I, I mean, that's why I think it's actually good to have a thesis that the student proposes themselves. They choose the site themselves. Um, it, it really helps to um, focus the inquiry um, and and gives them uh, a lot of uh, scope to learn, not just from their own, but from all the their colleagues' uh, thesis. So I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, uh, it's not that building. my old program also had a thesis. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. We always think about our design thesis uh, that that we went through when we were in school as well, and and you had a good one as that what you said. But um, you see, there is a criticism that um, the design thesis topic, you know, when they had when they proposed topics or sites, the lecturer or the academic would say that's not going to do. So you got, I think you should be doing something else, whatever. Um, and they would end up following what the uh, lecturer would suggest because they, they don't want to, they would think that that is very sort of a risky thing for them to, to go against their lecturers. Um, would hmm. it, I, I have the the understanding that um, if it was the supervisor of the design thesis is an is an architect or practicing architect who likes who understand what design thesis is and they are involved, they would do it in a different way. They wouldn't just literally suggest you do a different topic or a different site. Uh, you would choose. Someone, just say the student of architecture, choose someone whom they think would help them or would collaborate with them. Is that a viable thing or is that something that is better than the current um, the current way that design thesis is practiced? Yes, um, well, I do think that it would be um, a good thing uh, because... I think in your thesis studio, you basically have 20, 30 students yeah. and you have around three or four instructors. So they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right, three or four thesis uh, 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 advisors. And if uh, they had, uh, you know, if the nature of the thesis or the topic of the thesis uh, was something that perhaps the uh, instructor may not have had that direct exposure to, uh, both in uh, whether... Uh, on paper or for and obviously the my office has very thin windows <laughs> you can hear some <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. 
So um, I, I think then they can choose someone who had perhaps been working in that particular, who had experience doing the uh, that that particular type of jobs. For instance, somebody wants to do a, a transport hub or something like that, and they may want to have a, as their thesis advisor um, someone who has done a lot of work in transportation. That that I think that would be a very beneficial uh, uh, guidance that that they would uh, get. I also think that uh, often the tech you know, when the technical courses are taught, it tends to be very technical and theoretical. Whereas um, actually as a practitioner, you will actually have a less rigid view of it. Uh, for instance, you know, I, I actually, for instance, always uh, find that there is no need to work out the car park, for instance, uh, in 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 the pr projects here. It's just that in, in reality, of course, you know, most buildings in Kuala Lumpur, you end up, uh, having to accommodate a car park in the basement somewhere, and and therefore that, but that shouldn't be used as a starting point uh, when you're in the classroom. I okay. feel that uh, yeah. that's a constraint that you can deal with easily and resolve easily when in the real working world. You know and why? You know why that is a problem because many academics think that um um. The complexity of a thesis is based on technical complexities or to do with uh, the size of it. The complexity is the size. If it's much more, there's more square meters, that means there's more complicated. So the student will have more um, challenges. But actually, they don't look at um, intersections of disciplines, you know, like um, mm -hmm. to be the complexity, you know, when when dealing with typology and changing adaptive reuse or something like that, uh, or the community, so, community architecture concerns that you mentioned earlier, to look into the social and cultural aspects of it, which could give the discipline, you know, if you say architecture is a core thing, then when you put social, cultural, and even economic, then they have to deal with those things deeply. They have to read on those subjects. For example, if it's Orang Asli Settlement, for example. So there's always a discomfort for, okay, Lembaga Architect Malaysia would say you have to have a certain size of a building in, in their guidelines. So Orang Asli Settlement will need to still be like some uh, housing densities. You know, be, be, th Those technical debates become... The core of the debate of the design thesis is not about their culture and looking at the essence essence of what their culture is. Maybe they believe in uh, in in the spirit, so something. We don't. That is secondary, and it's not like in certain schools in the West, like AA, I, I, because I'm so used to the AAs, where you the um, studio tutor is interested in some area, and they have a lot of readings and already some research on that area and got the students to read and debate and and actually get, make it as a reference to their design thesis. So that makes them more critical in the discussion or something like that. So that's the thing that, that I realized. I mean, I, I maybe you'd like to comment on what I said on that. Do you, what do you think that maybe it's... Well, um... That's why I think, I mean, I think what you mentioned goes back to this um, this need, I believe, for the architecture program to have a lot of electives in related social science and humanities 
so that they already have, um, you know, they, they will learn about um, uh, different aspects, not just look at architecture as a technical thing and then, you know, having to serve its purpose and then trying to figure out what's this vessel you need to serve its purpose, but yeah. to, to be exposed to the type of discourse, you know, whether in music composition or... or uh, anthropology, you know, things like that. They, yeah. they are a lot of things that you can learn. Because, yeah, because they didn't have liberal arts education in the beginning. So um, once they step in into that year, the design thesis year, it, they are on their own to find the readings, to find, you know. So if you already have a, design, a tutor that is, just say, from the social sciences and giving you a list of things that you need to read, or the, the, the architect, Mm, uh, sorry, the supervisor of the unit of the design thesis or something says that you have to read this stuff because, and then you see this person who's in social science and come out with an essay before you start or something. I mean, depend on what they want to do, right? Um, so that that will give them a different experience rather than the you where the students don't know what to do really in the beginning. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's sim it's simpler and probably better if they just simply learn all of this together with the the people who are I mean with the other students who are learning it. For instance, they should just uh, take a course in you know music, for instance, with the rest of the music students, and they they have to learn it like the music students would. They have to learn history as the history students would, you know, of uh, yeah. visual arts as the visual arts students would. It, they shouldn't be having to have it already prepackaged they need to immerse okay. themselves I, I think that's that's my view that uh, that that's why yeah. I feel that they should just select what is it that interests them you know the process of of creating making music and and the impact of music and the history whatever uh, there are a lot of different things other people are interested in history social history for instance they they are activist you know or they have an activist mind or something and and they are more interested in in people's agenda or, or some or, or some are more interested in cultural expression and they may just study about uh, you know uh, the history and cultures of, of people and and about art um, uh, fine arts and and cultural traditions I I think it's wide and one shouldn't structure it. They, we should just allow them to have a certain number of courses, for instance, that they have to take, so that they can pursue and understand the discourse, you know, in mm. other disciplines, not just uh, in the architectural process and the professional, um, you know, journey uh, and what we need to complete that that uh, education or training. Uh, uh, of of an architect, we we want to make it an education as opposed to a training of an architect. Yeah. So um, that, that's that's uh, I, and that education cannot be limited to the training needed for the day to day work of an architect. That is very important, actually. The the points that you come across with because it's very much in um, based on a, the benefits of liberal liberal arts education. We need to change ourselves, our schools of architecture in Malaysia to suit that because of, as you said, the electives like music or social history at the beginning, when they're in their, I think in America, you call it the freshman years, right? You know, in the beginning when they, they are exposed to that, whether they want to pick up 
go deeper into it later when they are in the in the final year of the master co master's course. <clears throat> so that is by right. I think I I remember that should be the case really when when you're able to make your own choices as a university student. It's not supposed to be a school a secondary school anymore. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Sorry, so, I something I would really advocate for all Malaysian universities that they should widen the requirement for electives and they should be given the full liberty if they wanted to just go and take a course in you know philosophy, you know, yeah. let them do it. And and they there's no course in philosophy in Malaysia, by the way. That's that's the point. You see, when there is a course in philosophy in Malaysia then you will start seeing the, the 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 roots of liberal arts in Malaysia. There's no course in philosophy. Uh, that's the problem, you see. We 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 probably have already you know compartmentalized learning. Uh, yeah. In, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what's needed. Uh, maybe overall in Malaysia that uh, that there need to be a more generalist approach in the early years, the first couple of years, before we go into a very specialist approach um, to towards university training. You know, to be to to basically, as mentioned earlier, to make it an education and not a training. This is a good refresher for me, and uh, I hope that the listeners out there uh, get to um, some points here by Architect Lilian, who, which is taking it from your own experience and how you see architecture education, and and this is is crucial. It's crucial. It's a crucial point to think about where we're gonna go from here in the light of the architect and the artificial intelligence coming in, as you know. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> but anyway, could you give a, a couple of minutes of something you'd like to say on architecture education before we stop this session? Um, well, I, I've said I, I believe uh, things which matters most to me is to you know make sure that uh, programs become more and more broad based as opposed to more and more specialist. Um, that I think that's okay. a message yeah. that I, I yeah. would have for all the architecture schools in in Malaysia. Um, okay. Because it's a it's a wide field, and you you will be able to learn how to design a car park in your first job very quickly. So you don't need to spend you know, three, three weeks uh, yeah. at all. And uh, the application of it versus you know learning it theoretically is a big difference. When you actually have to make it work simultaneously with what you're doing with the rest of the building and where the entrance is and all, that 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 will make you learn really fast. So I wouldn't waste any time in the, in the practice yeah. of five years at school uh, doing too many technical things because um, you will already have to deal with it later. So do the things that you won't be able to do later, you know, which is to to really understand the process of inquiry in other fields, you know, and learn from that. Whether it's you know, uh, as mentioned, uh, music, philosophy, psychology, and it's economics. Even if you are interested to look at it from that 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 uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, and and uh, this requires um, a rethinking not at the students level but at the level of the faculty yeah. to see whether is it wide enough um, and 
and and to create that space, uh, that freedom uh, to loosen the curriculum so that not everything is structured. And you know, when you're in year one, you know your the entire journey. You you should have them choose what they want to learn a bit. You know, at least some. 10% of the courses or something are electives in any any discipline that the university offers. And of course, you have raised the fact that the, uh, some institutions may be quite specialized already. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't be yeah. like learning like building science if you're already in architecture or learn surveying. No, no, no. Let the surveyors do their stuff and all that. Don't bother about the those things. Um, but learn the things that um, that will feed your creativity. Yeah, that's important to feed your creativity. Okay, with that, thank you so much, uh, Architect Lillian, for the first part of our chat with uh, Architect Lillian Tay. Thank you so much, Lillian. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I'll see you again shortly. Yes, see <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs>